This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning and welcome to Ringgit and Cents, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan. We're coming close to the middle of the year, which means it's soon time for a mid-year review. But the question here is, I guess, how do we go about doing a financial review and why is it so important? To help me with this, I'm speaking with Yap Minghui, Founder and Managing Director with Whitman Independent Advisors. Minghui is also a licensed financial planner. Minghui, uh, welcome to Ring In Sense. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. So Minghui, today you're going to help us break down and optimize uh, the major pillars of mm. our personal finances and our financial plans. But first things mm-hmm. first, Minghui, mm-hmm. why is it important to do regular financial reviews? Why mm. can't I just set it and forget it? Mm. Uh, the reason why we need to continue to review our financial plan, our personal finance, is because our environment continues to change. Uh, first, our external environment changes. Uh, like for example, sometimes economy grow faster, sometimes economy do not grow. Uh, sometimes inflation grow higher as well. And investment return from the investment market also, sometimes you get good return, sometimes you get bad return. Uh, plus also, internally, on the personal side, there are changes as well. You, know, you, you grow older, uh, some changes to your family members, you know, and your business, your job, your lifestyle changes, you know, and you have financial goals that you may want to change or add in some new financial goals. So that's why with all these changes, it's important for you to adjust your financial plan accordingly. Now, how often should I be adjusting my financial plan or reviewing it, Minghui? Is it only when these milestones happen or should I be doing it at regular intervals? Of course, when there's uh, changes in certain major milestone uh, in life or family, you, you should definitely review it. Uh, but uh, as a best practice, you should review your financial plan at least once a year. Right, Mingwei, let's start off then. And let's start off with the basics mm-hmm. of savings habits and strategies. Now, what needs to be done when we review this particular pillar? So we cannot assume saving is a straightforward thing and take it for granted. Uh, because you need to review to see whether when you save, do you save before you spend? You know? uh, so that because it's found that uh, to save before you spend, putting money aside uh, into a separate account before you spend is more effective compared to like you want to save your money after you have spent uh, most of your income already. Okay, And when you review saving, you also want to set a saving target. Oh, you, you must not just uh, take it naturally. You, you should have a, have a saving target. Of course, rules of thumb uh, for EPF contributor is to save 30%. Uh, if you're not an EPF contributor, you should save about 35% of your gross income. Uh, but if you are more serious, it's important for us, for you, us you know, to use a holistic financial plan to determine your optimum saving target. Uh, because what you want to make sure is that whatever you save, uh, whether it's 20%, 30%, or 35% of your gross income, is enough to help you to achieve your financial goals like your retirement, your children's tertiary education funding, buying a dream home, and etc. Plus also, when you save, 
it's important that you don't save only, you must invest automatically. Channel the saving that you have got straight to a regular saving plan or a good investment scheme. Uh, I have seen an example whereby a client uh, who, who had just recently engaged us uh, saved close to a million ringgit, but she left the money into the bank account. No? Wow. And never invest a single cent to grow the money. So when we look at her financial plan, financial plan shows that her saving ratio is healthy. She, she can save a lot of money, uh, but whatever she saves is not enough to grow to achieve her financial plans. There were a few things that you noted there, right? You can start with a 30% savings ratio if you've got EPF, 35 if you don't have EPF as your gross from your gross income. But ultimately, how much you, be, you should be saving comes down to your financial goals, your uh, what are you trying to achieve with that money? Um, wh- while yes. you can start with a benchmark rule of thumb, ultimately mm. it does come back to what you want uh, that money to do and how you invest it and things like that. Uh, we'll get mm. into investment strategies uh, and that reviewing process in just a bit. Um, mm. But when we take a look at the savings habits and strategies, particularly, mm. what if I've already, you know, I've already set my savings ratio, I've already set my investment plan and strategies, and it's all done automatically. Why is it important mm. to review it? What are the consequences if I don't regularly take a look at it? Because things are changes. And for example, our financial goal may change. Huh? And our investment return may also change. So if you do not review it, you may end up saving too little no? and not enough to achieve your financial goals. And that, it, that will just defeat the whole purpose of saving. And if you don't review it also, it's possible that you may save too much money. <laughs> of course, what's the problem of saving too much money? <laughs> but when you save too much, no, you become very stingy and that sacrifice the level of life satisfaction that you and your loved one can experience now. No? So... That's why it's important to do a review. Right, because you're looking for the Goldilocks zone. You're not, you don't want too little, you don't want too much, you want it just right. And a lot of that requires uh, a, a, well, research, a review, taking a look at the needs and our goals. Um, let's, and, uh, let's take a look at one of those other part, key parts of financial planning, and that's insurance. Is reviewing insurance policies simply about looking at how much in premiums we're paying, or is it more than that? It's actually more than that. Because depending on your unique circumstances, you should get sufficient insurance coverage on hospitalization and surgery, critical illness, total and permanent disability, and death. Okay? So very importantly, uh, coverage you know, and how much benefit you are getting is very important to consider. Okay? And when you plan for whether for total and permanent disability and death coverage, you must always take into consideration of whatever amount of your existing net worth. So, for example, if you need 1 million death coverage and existingly you have got 700,000 net worth already, then what you need from insurance is to cover for 300,000 only. Right, because the point of the life cover is to protect your family. And if you've already got the 700,000 out of a million, you don't need to be covering mm. that whole million ringgit uh, anymore, right? Yes. Mm. And I guess that's the big thing, right? Because a lot of times we are either overpaying or underpaying insurance. How do you guide your clients in terms of determining um, whether they're overpaying or underpaying? Mm. Uh, of course, uh, I would say again, if you are serious about determining the optimum insurance coverage and optimum premium to pay. Now, speak to a financial planner, a licensed financial planner, 
to do a holistic financial plan. Because by using a holistic financial plan, keying into all the data and information about your unique financial circumstances, the financial planner can help you to accurately evaluate uh, how much coverage you need for death, total and permanent disability, and critical illness protection. You know? And how to address all this coverage with the premium which is between your affordability. Right. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about insurance and insurance planning, I have done shows in the past, which I will include the links for in the show notes. Just head over to bfm.my and search up Ringgit and Sense uh, for this podcast mm-hmm. episode. Uh, Minghui, what should we be looking mm-hmm. out for and what are the consequences if we don't regularly review our insurance policies? You see, we insurance are mostly so based on fear and based on emotion. So if you do not review your insurance policy coverage, insurance premium in the right context uh, based on your rationale, uh, then chances are you may spend too much on insurance premium and that would somehow uh, defeat or affect your uh, extra money that you have available to grow and invest and accumulate more wealth. So that's why it is very important to review your insurance policy objectively, ideally with a professional, you know, so that this professional can get can keep your emotional your emotion in check. Before we wrap on insurance, I'd like to mm. ask you about some of the key mistakes that you've seen people make when it comes to their insurance coverage. You see, again, if I were to give a rule of thumb, uh, when someone do not have a holistic financial plan, you should not save, you should not spend. Uh, more than 15% of your gross income on life insurance coverage. If you spend more than that, then you may end up putting too much money or insuring your family, uh, which is good, but this money could be better used to grow your asset instead. Right. Uh, for me, I have seen a case whereby uh, a client who came to our office spent up to a total of 410000 a year on insurance premium. Wow. Can you believe that? Huh? So another mistake that people make is that people commit high insurance premium. And uh, of course, when they are working and they have active income, they got no problem to pay it. But the problem is that the commitment of paying insurance continue into their retirement. And during retirement, when you don't have active income, it's very burdensome and painful to pay insurance premium. Okay? Mm-hmm. For example, uh, a client who is very okay to pay 50,000 premium a year when he was earning 350,000 a year. But it is very challenging for him to pay that premium when he's had, he has got zero active income when he's entered retirement already when he's 55 years old. Up next, we'll get into how to review investment strategies. So keep it here to Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanisen. This morning, I'm speaking with Yap Ming Hui, Managing Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Whitman Independent Advisors. And we're talking about the key elements of doing regular or even your mid-year review. Now, Ming Hui, let's talk about investment strategies. We've talked about how to invest in the past. And again, I'll include that podcast link in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. And the key part of investing is, as we noted back then, the review part of the process. So take us through this. How do you suggest we go about this review when we're looking at our investments? Hmm. Of course, when we talk about reviewing investment planning, investment management, 
most people emphasize on reviewing investment performance. But based on my experience, to review your ROI target is in fact more important than reviewing investment performance. Why do I say so? Because based on my experience, I discovered that a lot of poor investment performance actually come from wrong ROI target setting in the first place. Oh? So because if one person were to aim for too high ROI, say for example, 20, 25% per year, then the person may run the risk of losing hard-earned money uh, due to high investment risk. Okay? Because based on my experience again, any target uh, ROI above 12% per annum is speculating. It's not investing actually. Okay? And also, if a person target a too low ROI, you know, uh, just maybe just aim for like 5% or 4%, the person may end up not growing the money, uh, the wealth, uh, too much, and in that case, also fail to achieve the desired financial outcome. Okay? And worse, uh, nowadays, if you put all the money in the bank uh, or put the money in the FD only, FD is giving you interest about 2%, and if inflation is about 6%, your money is shrinking at 4% per year. No? Say, for example, uh, a client uh, who previously you know, very gung-ho, very aggressive, aim for 20% return for his investment. So he invested into many types of risky investment. You know, as long as you name it, he got it like gold, forex, P2P lending, cryptocurrency. You know? Along the way, you know, he made some money on some investment and lost some money on some investment. But after 10 years of investing, uh, his total investment capital hardly grow. Okay? Mm. So after he engaged us becoming our client, uh, we helped him to do a plan. Then he found out his optimum target return is actually 8% per year. And he started to invest according to that, you know, select the right investment to achieve that 8%. And since then, his investment capital has been growing steadily between 7 to 9% compounded return every year. Also, that's why I say, uh, looking to review uh, the performance of the investment is good, but more importantly is that whether in the first place you aim for the wrong ROI target. This really reminds me of that saying, right? Slow and steady wins the race. You don't want to be too aggressive, uh, but you also don't want to be too slow at the end of the day. Uh, I know a general rule of thumb may not suit everybody and it really depends on our circumstances yeah. and our goals, but what is a general good ROI per annum? To aim for? I, I would say for most people, if you are able to grow your wealth between 7 to 9% uh, steadily, that is a good growth already. No? Okay. Uh, that will be able to beat inflation in the first place and that will also be able to grow your wealth faster uh, to help you to achieve your financial goals. And uh, beyond looking at our ROI targets and uh, balancing and uh, adjusting based on that, Mingwei, what else does a review of my investment strategies encompass? I would say to, to do a thorough analysis of investment, uh, the, ideally there should be a holistic financial plan. Uh, the reason why is that when we invest, we, we meant to invest to grow our wealth to achieve our financial goals. 
So if we just invest in isolation, you could be achieving 10% that year or 15% that year. But the fact that you do not put into the right context of how far does it help you to achieve your financial goals, it is quite uh, silo. No? And it does not help to uh, help you to motivate you to focus in what you invest and to review what you have done. So that's why ideally one should have a holistic financial plan to uh, as a guide to support a investment management review. Right. So basically when I'm reviewing, I'm looking at the goals, I'm looking at what I'm aiming for, I'm looking at how my mm. investments are performing, but also what's a reasonable target. And basically I'm just looking at how it all fits in the long-term plan and whether I'm a I'm in the right direction. Um, but what yes. are, you know, like maybe it might be easier if you give us some of the typical issues or consequences you've observed when people don't review their investment strategies. What, what are the common, uh, what are the typical things that come up? You see, when you, you don't review the investment that you have done, uh, you just let it be there. You, you, you don't, in the first place, you don't even know uh, how's your investment doing. Uh, if it's doing well, then it's fine, you know, but it is worse if the investment is losing money. You know? and, and if you do not know your investment, whether it's losing money or underperforming, chances are you do not take corrective action. You know? And when you don't take corrective action, you may miss some opportunity and worse still, the losses can, go, can grow bigger and bigger. So at the end of the day, I would advise that if you just want to invest and forget about uh, reviewing it, I, I would suggest that you might as well don't invest at all because chances are uh, instead of growing your hard-earned money, you may end up losing money or the capital of your hard-earned money. Right. And Mingyu, there is this concern that we may be reviewing our investments too often right, and changing our allocations in in reaction to the market as opposed to following a plan. Mm. What's the, it's, mm. it seems like a fine line, right? Because, you know, you could review your portfolio and be like, uh, and see one asset class down a significant amount, but there's always this, what if it turns around the next year? So how do you guide mm. people in that respect? I, I would always advocate a, a diversified portfolio of having different asset classes. Uh, so that whatever major asset classes like equity, bond, for example, cash, as well as REITs, properties, uh, all, the, all those major asset classes, you, you have it covered and invested. So in that case, you don't have to guess that, uh, is, is this year the year of gold? Uh, no, I should put more in gold. Uh, or, or is this year of this year of Bitcoin and I should put more in Bitcoin or just in case I miss up gold. So, so when you have a diversified portfolio uh, and you have a major asset class covered, you do not have the fear of missing any opportunity. You know? And you also do not have a fear of over committing on over investing in one particular asset class, which will cost you losing a big money. Okay, so when, with that in mind then, when we take a look at the balance portfolio, how often should I be rebalancing that is, uh, if one asset class is down then? Because, you know, that's why we review it, right? Because we want to see what's performing, what's not performing. Yeah. What is that point that we rebalance it? So uh, I would think that to do a review on a yearly basis, on um, rebalancing the major asset class will be quite sufficient. Because the idea is like not to change it too frequently, 
uh, like chasing the opportunity because mm. the, the truth is that we you will never know uh, where is the next opportunity and most uh, like the case the example that I mentioned uh, to you about my clients now who chase opportunity but end up always behind sometimes he get it sometimes he miss it oh so that's why if you're not chasing it then you you are diversified into major asset classes and if you're able to do a review uh, to make sure that okay if this year uh, equity has been doing very well from maybe 30 percent it has grown to 40 percent or 50 percent you may want to rebalance it to 30 percent so one year once should be sufficient. All right, on that note, we have run out of time for today's session. So till the next one, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's my pleasure too. I've been speaking with Yap Ming Hui, founder, managing director, and licensed financial planner with Whitman Independent Advisors. You've been listening to Ringa and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan for BFM 89.9. Ringa and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.